Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com beat writer, reporter, and analyst, Justin Wells. Justin, uh, what a ball game yesterday. The Longhorns, uh, you know, lose a heartbreaker. At the same time, I think everybody that walked away from that game uh, took something very, very positive away from it for the Longhorns. Yes, uh, they may have quarterback problems now in the health department, but boy, the defense looked much better. The offense fought the entire time. The offensive line did not crater uh, against the uh, pressure of an Alabama defensive front that will probably be as good as any they see this week. Uh, I know that's a mouthful, Justin, uh, but we're here to talk about it. Any immediate thoughts from you? My immediate thoughts, you know, initially it was, you know, what a great game and, and what a what a what a close game, what a uh, confidence boost for for Texas. And, and, and the whole time telling myself there's no such thing as moral victories. There's no such thing as moral victories. You have to remind yourself of that sometimes. But the longer I get away from the game, and I've already I, I rewatched about a quarter and a half of it earlier uh, working on something, I, I, I'm getting really upset about that safety. <laughs> that absolutely, I, I'm, I'm digging and research, researching the rule book to try to figure out because if it's not, you know, grounding, an intentional grounding. If it's not a safety, if it's not a roughing the passer and a targeting, then it's a safety. Like it's it's one or the other. And and for some reason, these referees are living in a world of gray. So I, yeah, I I think it was great overall. I think it was good for Texas fans. I think it was good for Alabama. I think it exposed them in some ways that I promise you, Nick Saban is definitely going to work on. You know, moving forward. And, and I think it also goes to, you know, Saban just doesn't really like coming to play football in Texas. Uh, he has he has a hard time when he comes around this way. And so I just kept thinking, a, you lose your starting quarterback. You miss a 20-yard field goal. You have a couple flags that don't go your way. Your backup quarterback gets injured. Bryce Young, to me, that's probably the difference in Texas and Alabama tonight. Yeah, tonight. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think uh, the Longhorns. Uh, there were that was not the only play that uh, got the Longhorns uh, on Saturday. Uh, if you think about it, I mean, there are a couple other questionable calls. The the non call on the uh, face mask um, face mask against Keelan Robinson would have been first and goal from roughly the three or four yard line had that been called. There were others as well. Uh, Justin, we want to talk about those and other plays in this, uh, but, but before we do so, we need to thank our sponsor, uh, Bertolotis and Rodman. Uh, at Bertolotis and Rodman, it's about the relationships. The full-service firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of a startup to complex negotiations to every contract needed in between. Bertolotis Rodman develops lasting, meaningful relationships that puts their clients first. It's a law firm there uh, in the Woodlands. Uh, Tim Rodman, uh, one of the uh, members uh, of Inside Texas, uh, thank you for uh, being a sponsor of this show uh, and uh, allowing Justin and I to do this along with our uh, producer, Matt Hutchison. Uh, Justin, a uh, couple thoughts here immediately. Uh, I talked to Rod, with Rod Babers post-game. We gave our uh, post-game, we gave our uh, players of the, of the week, basically, on offense and defense. On offense, um, Rod, Rod wasn't really sure. He, he hemmed and hawed, maybe, maybe Whittington, maybe Bijan, uh, because of Bijan's uh, final numbers, had 130 yards total offense. Right. I, I went with Hudson Card uh, because I felt like he gave a gritty performance in the face of uh, 
I mean, not only was he injured, not, not that his stats were great. I mean, he finished right. 14 of 22 for 158, um, only seven, seven yards per pass attempt. But, Justin, he was injured almost from the halfway through the third quarter on, uh, which looked like a very sim- serious injury, yet he's standing in there against an Alabama pass rush. Um, what did you think of Card's performance? And furthermore, who would you give the MVP to? Uh, I I mentioned it on Twitter after that. I believe it was about a 20, 25-yard scamper where you really saw him limped up, but he still, you know, pushed on to, to move the chains. I said, this kid's got moxie. Hudson Card is a kid that, for whatever reason in Austin, has been overshadowed the last couple seasons for a poor play here, for a bad start there. But Hudson Card, if you know this kid and you understand how he goes, this was a great opportunity for him because he understands you have to get serious now. Everything starts – he's kind of robotic in that sense. And, and, and I think he was really good considering what the circumstance was because, Bobby, the game plan changed some when Card came in. And, 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 and I think it actually hurt him later in the game because Alabama started to figure out – they're not going to try to get vertical. We're going to be able to play up more and more. And so the horizontal game wasn't as big as you would say, you know, uh, a two, two quarters before that. Um, but I, I thought Card played well. I, I thought, especially under the circumstance, he just couldn't step into balls. He just couldn't step into anything. And so to me, um, yeah, I, I, I think Card is a guy. He's such a team guy, Bobby. I think this is huge. But I also think he, he may have an injury – that you know might may, may keep him out you know this is something it looked it, it looked like something to do with his ankle lower leg and and it's hard to tell how that's you know going to play out over the next few days and I'm sure we'll learn more about that and report it at insidetexas.com but I I'm with you man I think card played well I think it was just he came in he settled in you know he was a little jittery at first he came in he settled in and I think he settled in because of my offensive MVP <laughs> and that would, okay, you set that up great. Who's your that would be that would be the offensive line and Kelvin Banks. I thought he set the tone. You could give an award to the entire offensive line as a whole if you wanted to be really fair. But the truth is, Kelvin Banks more than held his own on Saturday to the point where, yes, Will Anderson was effective in some ways, positive and negative for Alabama. Dallas Turner was a factor in some facets, especially, you know, knocking Quinn Ewers out, essentially. And so, but the job Banks did under that duress against that talent, I I just, I give Kelvin Banks the, you know, I tip the cap. I think he's the offensive MVP. I think there's a handful of guys you could mention. Uh, Jordan Whittington had a stretch where I believe he had four or five catches within like a two series play that, that definitely helped move the yards, uh, move, uh, move the chains. You could have mentioned Xavier Worthy. He led the team in, in, in yardage. I believe he had five catches for 97 yards. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm giving it to Kelvin Banks because nobody else had to go against somebody the caliber like Banks did. They didn't have to battle a Will Anderson or a, or a Dallas Turner. And so I, you give the O-line some credit, but I think Kelvin Banks is the MVP to tie in with what you were saying about Hudson Card. So you mentioned the receivers. A, a couple of them played really well and, and, and showed that they had what it takes against as good a defense as you're going to see. Xavier Worthy got deep. You know, well, he got deep against OU, and OU didn't play well last year. He got deep against – he gets deep against anybody. That's basically what it is unless, unless you play a safety over the top. Period. Yeah. We, we know that now. We've seen it. Um, 
and that's against the best of the best. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Whittington. Uh, I thought Roshan Johnson had a nice game in pass uh, in the passing game. Three catches for 20 yards. Uh, Bijan did not Bijan. have a productive game on on the ground. But I tell you what, that that series before the half was all Bijan. Uh, long 21 yard run. Then the pass down the right sideline, um, setting up a potential field goal attempt. Uh, but we would be remiss as we're talking about offense if we didn't talk about Quinn Ewers. What a tremendous performance. It was only one quarter, but the dude played like he had ice water in his veins. Bama goes up 3 nothing. Okay, comes back down, leads Texas to a, to a field goal. Should have been a touchdown if Worthy catches the ball in the end zone, in the middle of the end zone there uh, on that uh, route. Uh, but then very next possession, Alabama, 81-yard touchdown run. Texas down 10-3. to What happens? Leads them back down the field. Um, he, he was – I thought he was extraordinarily uh, impressive uh, overall. 9 of 12, 134 yards. Uh, shame that he got hurt, you know. Uh, but what did you think of yours uh, performance as well, Justin? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. I'll, I'll admit I was a little surprised because we I saw, you know, the beginning of the ULM game and I thought there was going to be a little bit of that and, and that Sark would, would, would have to kind of calm him down a little bit. But I, I think these two go hand in hand. Steve Sarkeesian put together one of the best offensive game plans I've seen in a long time. His play calling in the first half and, and throughout, you know, until he really had to change it, and make adjustments in the second half was superb. And I think it was so suited to Quinn. And I, I remember tweeting something earlier after a three and out. I thought, you know, that was a drive where Texas needed Quinn Ewers. Not a slight on Hudson Card, but that was that sort of drive that, that they needed to Quinn Ewers. Bobby, this guy had a 96.3 QBR rating. 96.3. I mean, he was literally 9 of 12 for 134 yards. And he made some outstanding passes. The one to Worthy would have been another touchdown. That drop. There was a. I think Whittington had a drop. Um, but it, at the end of the day, you just felt terrible because Quinn started feeling that he carried over all that confidence from the second half of ULM, and he juiced it up a little bit in the first half against Alabama, and it it worked. This was a guy that that it, you know he was precise. He was cool. He was calm. And I, you just absolutely hate to see another big quarterback go down when you play the uh, you know Alabama Crimson Tide. I'll say this, and and I'll credit you. Last week, you, you said the difference between Dallas Turner and Will Anderson, and you said Dallas Turner wants to decapitate you, whereas Will Anderson just wants to beat you. Uh, well, Will D Dallas Turner really put a shot on yours. And let's just be totally honest. I'm throwback guy. I, I have no problem with that play. I think it's a football play. Did he drive him piled, you know, in, on his shoulder? Absolutely. And everything was, a, a, you know, against that that rule. And so that's just one of those things where when you saw him laying there and they had all that momentum, it, it, it could have been more detrimental than it was. 
But Bobby, this ship kept sailing. Bijan was more steady. Hudson Card came in and after a few series became more steady. And at the end, the defense, the defense is what did it. If it wasn't, you know, creating a turnover, it was making a three and out, or, you know, or having a big stop on a third down. Like the defense to me just act, actually kept these guys back in the game and kept them in the game because that thing with Quinn, that could have really hurt the entire team. Like we said with, when we, you know, like we saw with Colt, but not to that, you know, extent. It just, it really knocked the wind out of their sails. I, I was there in uh, Pasadena, California in 2010, January, when uh, Colt McCoy got hurt. You talk about a gut punch of, of epic proportions because they were playing, the stakes were higher. Yeah. They were playing for a national championship. And you knew uh, that Garrett Gilbert had not had meaningful snaps all year uh, at Texas. And so, frankly, uh, it, it was a gut punch. I thought that Hudson Carr did a better job of immediate response, and Texas did a better job of immediate response in the yeah. next drive. Um, you know, the, and they the needed Texas that, Bobby. Drive. How essential was that? Uh, absolutely. Um, and so, I, I want to go back. At, you know, I want to go back before we uh, talk about the defensive MVP, excuse me, before we talk about some of the other aspects, uh, I want to talk and ask you about the defensive MVP. Okay. I gave, I, I talked about, this is another one I talked with Rod Babers in, in the post game show uh, on, on Texas football. I, I, I asked him his defensive MVP and we, we hemmed it hard. We gave it to the, the whole defense. I mean, you could, you could say to Vondre sweat, you could, Say Jalen Ford, who led the team in tackles with 10. Anthony Cook had a couple tackles for loss. Jaron Thompson really played the run really, really well today. Really, really well on Saturday. Um, who do you give it to, Justin? Where, where are your thoughts on that? I, I'm with you. You know, I think we talked about this beforehand. I, I've been going back and forth. When when you had told me you, you thought the defense was – I almost felt like you stole the thunder because that's that's a it's a great listen. If you're if you're having a hard time figuring out who the MVP is on your defense and you just gave up 20 yards to the number one team in the country, that's a really good problem to have. And so I you know, but I do think there was one guy. I'm going to give it to Jalen Ford. He made one gap. He missed one gap assignment earlier in the game. It was the Jace part of the Jace McClellan 81 yard touchdown run. And to give you some like perspective on that, Bobby. They Alabama rushed for 161 total yards uh, on Saturday. If you take away that 81 yard by McClellan, they rushed for 80 total yards in the game. An Alabama team with I'm telling Jamari Gibbs is still a, a pro prospect at tailback. McClellan's a pro prospect. Jamari Miller's a pro. Po- they held that group to 80 yards. If you take away that 80 yard yard run. That was Ford's one mistake, that gap assignment. It wasn't just his mistake either. Sorrell did not contain the set the edge, and, and Anthony Cook completely misread it coming down uh, the alley. And so not that it was all his fault, but you know what he did? He came back, I want to say, six or seven minutes later on a blitz and completely destroyed that drive, and he really picked it up after that series, after that play. And so I'm I'm with you. I can buy that the, the defense was was definitely uh, in consideration for the most valuable players. But I'm going to give it to Jalen Ford. Uh, and, and and you know, shout out to his mom, Miss Miss y- Miss Yolanda Taylor, Kilgore, Texas. Uh, <laughs> she she is a proud mama tonight, and as she should, 
I thought Jalen played really well. And like I said, he made a mistake early in the game. And the rest of it, he, um, boy, he was steady. Maybe it did wake him up. Maybe that's the part where I got to start playing because he did not have a good first game either. But I don't I don't disagree with your choice here, Justin. I, I think he played steady. Um, he did have one of two sacks overall for the Longhorns. Uh, Ovi Ogufu had the other. Uh, Texas had several tackles for loss. Uh, they, they did a good job. I thought uh, Texas at one point, Alabama had, had, uh, had connected on four of five first downs on third down. Okay. At the end of the game, Alabama was only five of 15 on third downs. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. That's that's pretty that's they they got the better of Alabama and forced Alabama to be one-dimensional. Alabama until they went empty in the third in the fourth quarter, that was their answer. After they'd been they'd been stymied and tried to, you know, do the whole pro style stuff where it's, you know, 12 personnel or 11 personnel and uh, you know, put Bryce Young in, in uh, you know, a, an opportunity to make plays every other play or so. They just said, uh-uh. In the fourth quarter, they they just went five wides, essentially, put Gibbs in the slot, you know, and went empty. And that was their counterattack. And, and Bryce Young came out, and uh, it's not like Texas had a bad defensive game plan there. Uh, they forced a fourth down. They turned the ball over one time on a fourth down, if you remember that correctly. Yes, they do. Popped them short. Um, you know, I, I felt like, I feel like Texas did a good job, uh, overall in that game on defense. Um, and that leads me to this. I'm talking with the uh, Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Please visit us there. We, uh, are there each and every day, uh, have content. Uh, I think we, on Saturday alone, we wrote somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 articles just to give you guys a, a, a shake. Uh, I also want to talk to Justin about recruiting today because that's one of the parts of it. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about the coaches, Justin, and what you think of the coaching job Sarkeesian did on offense and what you think Pete Kwiatkowski uh, and perhaps Gary Patterson had in store uh, for the Longhorns on defense. I, I, you know, as much as I feel like Sark really nailed it with the game plan, the first 10, 15 plays scripted type stuff, I, you got to give PK a ton of credit. These guys were ready. They came in different directions. They they, they showed some new looks that, that you hadn't seen before, uh, and w- which kind of coincided with a lot of what we reported over the summer with the inter- more interaction the NCAA allows with those assistant coaches. They were installing more. They were able to build up more and learn more. If you talk to you know player people close to those players, that's exactly what they'll tell you. And so it, the defense did exactly what it needed to do to to be competitive and to to stay relevant in this game. Um, and then we got to give our our man Ian Boyd, the X's and O's guru of the Texas market. And and there was some flashes of GP. There was some four two five in there, Bobby. There was some TCU Horn Frog defense looking stuff. And so I think that was the first time we saw a little bit of his magic sprinkled over this defense. But I, I, 
the defensive line rotation was phenomenal. They were fresh. That I felt like they were in better shape for at least three-fourths of the game. I thought they had maintained for that long time. When, when Alabama started going empty in the fourth, that's always going to make your lineman tired, and it was getting hotter in the evening. But, yeah, give PK credit. That's his defense. He's, he's accountable for all those calls in, in, that, in that game plan. And I know GP had some influence there because you can just see it in some of those blitz packages. And, and that's one of the reasons he's in Austin, Bobby. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the things he's great at. He is a Hall of Fame defensive mind in, in the game of football. And I think that's why the defense, you're seeing some more growth from week one to week two against a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I mean, think about this. This deep, Quinn Ewers had the most yards passing up until the third drive in the fourth quarter. And he didn't play till the, he was out three minutes in the and game. You mean by that? Now, you're not talking about Hudson, more than Hudson Card. You're talking about more than Bryce Young. More than, hey, more than Bryce Young. Clarity. Yeah. And it was absolute. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. And so that I, I attribute to the defense and getting pressure. You know, I know Baron Sorrell was close. You know, he, he had some times where he needed to set the edge. And, and I know Mr. Sorrell, when he sees this this morning, he's going to, He's gonna he's gonna smile because you know Baron was definitely active and in, 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 but he over pursued on a, a few things. That's what that young pup's gonna do. Give the defense credit. Start with PK. Give some love to GP. Another thing, the corners, the depth was solid there. There was not a much of a drop from Jameer Johnson. There was not that big of a drop in some of these other spots. And, and I thought Ryan Watts played absolutely phenomenal for the most part. Yeah, that one missed tackle. Woo. That's the wow. one. That That's was the, the one. Only I mean, one. That was a great play call, by the way, right? Uh, safety and corner blitz simultaneous. Uh, on the, Jaren on Thompson the, on the boundary and, side. Yeah, and, and Jaron Thompson coming from field and Watts coming from the corner from the, the, the boundary. I, I tell you what, that was a, that was an almost that Texas fans will remember for quite a while because that yeah. would have put uh, that would have put uh, uh, Bryce Young in the in the hot seat a little bit more. Um, you know, Justin, so much of what we talk about at Inside Texas is not just the here and now, right? Because people can watch the game and see for themselves what they think about the team. Uh, uh, that, you know, and, and we can all agree to disagree on certain things. One of the things that that is unique about what we do at Inside Texas is cover recruiting, right? Oh, yeah. And what the, I, I talked to Jerry Hamilton a little bit in the postgame show. How did you feel? I know you've already contacted a couple of recruits that we want to talk about. How did you feel the game itself was perceived by the recruits in the stands? I think Texas won in the stands without winning on the field. I think they played winning football for the most of the most most of the game. And I think just like a bad loss doesn't change a recruit's mind about a program. A big win's not necessarily going to change it either. But that atmosphere was was kind of the consistent theme from a lot of these recruits. The atmosphere, you know, when you've got national writers coming out saying this is one of the best I've ever seen. When Will Anderson after the game said that's the most raucous, best atmosphere he's ever seen in college football. When they're saying that kind of stuff. Bobby, that's resonating. That that means that it's really that that's that's sticking in the recruits. They're they're buying into that. Uh, you know, I, I got to contact. You know, it's funny because as as the game went on, I'd reach out to a handful of recruits. You know, between commercials, between you know, change change of uh, you know turnover changes, things of things of that sort. 
And as the game drew on, more and more kids were thinking, this is incredible. You know, I had I had some of the recruits at the game texting me saying, this this place is wild. This place is incredible. And so, yeah, Texas lost on the field, but I really feel like they won in the stands. You know, it, that there's a big recruitment. Uh, there's a few of them. Official visitors, Jalen Hell and his family. They came in late last night, uh, you know, for the festivities this weekend. And that's a that's a recruitment where Alabama. You you mean late Friday night, right? Yeah, late Friday night. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that that that's a that's a recruitment where Alabama really asserted itself and, and moved the needle with their official visit last weekend. And and you know, Jalen's you know, when they're on official visits, we don't bother them. That, that that's 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 a rule we have. We don't we don't mess with them until we, we don't communicate till afterwards. But Jalen was actually texting me during the game. And it, it was basically loving how Xavier Worthy is being used. It's being impressed with how, uh, you know, the team kept fighting when viewers went out. It was like those guys just kept fighting. They kept throwing hands. One player told me he loved the way Texas finished. Derek McFall from, from Tyler High, four-star 2024 kid that Alabama's on, A&M's on. He, he loved the way Texas finished. And they didn't even win. And so I thought that was strong as well. Uh, they had a couple commits in the house. I mean, a handful of commits. Samaje Burrell, he said, this is exactly why you come to Texas. You know, Darren Gallette was almost mad. He wanted to win. He's like, he's like, I'm kind of upset. He's like, yeah, it was a great atmosphere, but you realize how close we were to winning, you know, unquote. And so, yeah, recruiting to me, the consistent theme was, I, I think they won on the field. I mean, I think they won in the stands because, that's why you come to Texas. 105,000 plus, the largest um, attendance in Texas football history. And when you're loud and when the weather's treating you decently, it wasn't near as hot today as it could have been. And then you look good on the field. That, that, that definitely helps. And I think, you know, we posted a note. Please check us out. We posted a note last night at InsideTexas.com. Um, we have a, 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 a you know, a, a uh, promo going on right now, one dollar for one month, uh, and that that's that that's a fantastic deal considering what Texas is going to do over the next few weeks as they prepare for Big Twelve play. And so, be sure and check us out. We, but I, I have a story. I got a, a note on Jalen Hale. I, I definitely want to see that. Um, I talked to about a dozen players. I posted quotes already, uh, and then Jerry Hamilton also talked to a handful of players. Posted his as well. And so, Bobby, it's it was almost as good as if they had won. That was the feeling and the vibe from those recruits in the stands. Yep. I want to thank our sponsor real quick uh, and then ask you a couple more questions here, Justin. At uh, Bertolatus Robin, uh, it's about the relationships. The full service firm specializes in business and real estate law, satisfying the needs of a startup to complex negotiations to every contract needed in between. Bertolatus Robin develops lasting, meaningful relationships that put their clients first. Tim Robin. Uh, a good friend of Inside Texas there, and we thank him for his support. Hey, Justin, uh, we talk about um, this. Now let's look forward a little bit, okay? We don't know about Quinn's injury. I'm not going to know about that until later uh, today on Sunday. May not even know then uh, until he actually puts it out or, or Steve Sarkeesian steps to the mic on Monday, right? Um, Hudson Card clearly injured lower leg, either foot or ankle. Uh, as of Saturday, yeah. uh, we're not going to know the official ruling on that. Probably won't even know that. They're not going to probably give us that uh, on Monday, right? Because Sark's going to want to do that. Does Texas, is Texas looking at possibly going to a third string quarterback against UTSA, a team that has now 
gone to overtime in two straight weeks. Um, you know, where, where does Texas go from here? Uh, and what do they need to do to capitalize, I think, or, or to prove they're not just this one-hit wonder against a team like Alabama? Well, you, you can't prove you're not a one-hit wonder when you're with your third-string quarterback. You just make do that next week and see how far you can go. You know, that's that's the part of the season that you remember of. That was the tough stretch. And so I, I think that's kind of the effect that you're going to have there. With Quinn, I think, you know, like you said, we're going to have more clarity on his injury over the next few days. Sark did mention that it was a, you know, a sprained clavicle, basically, you know, a bruised shoulder. Um, the fact that I, it, that's an injury that if it's not like a lot of structural damage, it's a pain tolerance factor. So I think that's something we have to consider. And I think that that'll be something they look at all through the week, this week in practice. Card's going to be the same way. Card's injury might be as bad, Bobby. I mean, really, it, it, if it's a high ankle sprain, that's worse. And that, because you, you know how those types, how hard it is for that recovery on that. And so then the question is, who comes in? And it's probably going to be Charles Wright. He knows the system. This is his second season under Sark. He understands he plays within himself. He doesn't try to do too much. He knows exactly what he brings to the table, so he knows you kind of know what you're going to expect with him. Um, that doesn't mean that Malik Murphy might not get, get some run, but I just I, I don't think Sark has any plans on playing Malik Murphy in 2022. And the only reason I think that he would would be if something happened, God forbid, to Charles Wright. And so the quarterback situation is looking a little murky over the next few days. Uh, the training – Training staff's going to have their hands full because uh, this offense goes by the quarterback. Sark has designed it that way. And even though Charles Wright can do an outstanding job of just turning around and handing off to Bijan a handful of times, um, UTSA is not a pushover and not a team you want to throw a brand-new quarterback in front of regardless of having a, a mismatch in size, depth, and overall talent. Uh, it, it's it's something Texas has fans – need to be paying attention to. It's something that you need to go to InsideTexas.com every day just to make sure you, you, you're you up to date. Yep. Speaking with Justin Wells of Inside Texas, Justin, the, the thing that I, I come back to on this is two things. One, uh, UTSA lost in triple overtime to U of H, University of Houston, uh, a week ago. U of, H beat, uh, U of H lost to Texas Tech in overtime on Saturday afternoon. Uh, UTSA then beats Army in overtime on Saturday. Um, here's, here's what I'm thinking and, and where I'm most concerned with the Longhorns, a letdown. Uh, they just played the number one team in the country at home. Unbelievable crowd. Yeah. I, look, I think the crowd for UTSA will be strong again because of the performance that Texas put on this, pa this past weekend, but it's not going to be what, what, what Alabama no. brought to town and the intensity there. So, the, the the fan there's going to be a little bit of a fan letdown I think I think I'm not 100 percent sure maybe not the 15 percent that you would expect but more like a five percent so it's going to be different and the the intensity level goes down does it go down for the team too because there's a focus there and clearly this the next question is has Sark and and those guys spent as much time game planning UTSA as they did? Alabama. And I definitely don't think that would be the case, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. There's no way they did more. I wouldn't think 
unless unless Sark is just that thorough, there's no way. But I mean, that's natural. I mean, you're, Sark had some familiarity with with, with with Saban and those guys over there. It's only been two years. He he's had some, you know, there was a lot of uh, things that were consistent there. Um, UTSA scares me. People, people, you know, inside Texas members, they're the best, best community, and they always give me a hard time when I try to explain to them that a Jeff Trailer coach team can beat you on any given Friday and any given Saturday. And so that bunch where I, I agree mostly with Ian Boyd when it comes down to the scheme and, and, and the talent, you know, gap between the between both of them, there is the there's there's the letdown factor, Bobby. It's almost natural. They're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old young men. It's almost natural that there's going to be a letdown. And UTSA, I mean, Texas has all the pressure on them. UTSA is coming in with with just wanting to let people know they belong. And they're, I think they're going to actually have a decent little amount of fans uh, that come up and, and attend that game as well. And don't forget, Jeff Trailer's kind of a popular guy in the state of Texas. And so I think the biggest thing for me and for Sark and those guys is they have to make sure that, that, that this team understands what you just explained, the letdown, which is going to be natural. But also understand UTSA is not a school you're supposed to lose to at Texas. And no matter – how much collateral you built up in a 2019, you know, down to the wire, lost Alabama, you can lose a chunk of that with a loss to UTSA. And so, and, and that's not a slight to them because, you know, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be honest, UTSA, if you talk to some of those guys close to the staff, they didn't think they were going to beat Army. They, that, that was a little bit of a surprise because they felt like that, that group was going to beat them up. It's like harder. They, they said it's a harder recovery time when you play in a, a, one of those military schools, uh, you know, an army or Navy, just because they beat, they just, they're just so physical and they run so much. And so Sark will say the right things, but until they get the quarterback situation figured out, I think it's going to be a heavy Bijan game plan simply just to get that quarterback situation centered. And then to also kind of get him going because Bobby, he didn't have, understandably going against one of the best rush defenses in, in college football, uh, no question, but Bijan didn't have really a good game on the ground today. He rushed for, he averaged 2.7 yards a carry. And if he doesn't have that big play catching the ball, um, I, you know, it's not a very good day for, for that guy. And I never thought Texas would be in a game with Bijan that, with that little of output. So Sark will say the right things. They'll know to prepare because Jeff Trailer is a guy that can sneak up on you. There's just there's a guarantee with his teams, Bobby. They're going to play hard. They may not beat you, but they're going to play really hard and they're going to run through a wall for him. So the letdown can be a little scary. This is a I, did they used to call this a trap game or is that the one before a big game? No, it's a trap game. Yeah, this is th that's kind of what this is essentially. And so you don't want to lose that karma you got going hand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Crimson Tide and wind up losing it because Wiley Coyote in a Bebo cost costume can't catch up with the Roadrunner. Yeah. Hey, here's a question. Here's a good question. So we, we, we talk offense and defense, Justin. We neglected special teams. Um, so Texas, obviously, with the, the missed field goal uh, near the end of the first half or at the yeah. end of the first half, horrible uh, miss, 20-yard field goal attempt. Should have never happened. It looked like Will Anderson got a paw on it and pushed it 
it, it, it initially looked like it was a, a flubbed kick. Car, car didn't put it down smooth either. Yeah, exactly. And so a little bit of a, a double take there. Yeah. Uh, but Bert Auburn ended up four or five, uh, including a 49-yarder when the game was on the line. Ooh. That was money. That was nails. Uh, but I, I, I tell you what, the other guy that outperformed expectations for me is Daniel Trejo. Yeah. I mean, did he? It looked like his first two punts of the day were low trajectory, not really good. And then all of a sudden it changed for him. He went, he went into Superman mode, uncorked a 61 yarder, and then yep. followed that up by pinning Alabama at the one. Um, and that was the last time he punted on the day, I think. And so um pretty impressive, in my opinion. Uh, for the Longhorns on special teams, with the exception of that miss there uh, at the end of the first first half. What did you think overall? I thought that's one of the places where Texas would get beat in this game going into it. Uh, but uh, Longhorns did not get beat in special teams, in my opinion. No, they didn't. They, if, if anything, they they played above they played above water. I thought yeah. uh, not just in the the kicking and punting, but in the coverage. Uh, and also in the return game, I thought Xavier Worthy had a, a, a couple returns that that put Texas in a good position. And so, um, yeah, Trejo may have stole that job, Bobby. He, he I, I think it's he's one of those things where he, you know, he's just he got some good foot on a few of them. He got some confidence, and and you know, it's good when the punter has a good start, and then you don't see him for the rest of the game. That's a good sign. But talking about the kicking game, because I've told you this, that, that was my worry. I'm. Matter of fact, I think we talked about this last Sunday about how I thought the kick it could come down to the I mean it wouldn't come down to the kicking game. I didn't think that, but obviously that it would be a detriment. Bert Auburn, let me tell you, that 49 yarder was the most confident kick he's had at Texas. It was. So the distance ones to me, I think, are gonna be nails for him. It's the underneath that he, you know, the, the kid that misses the, the easy layup sometimes. I think that's the one that kind of looms around. And those are the ones that just really, you know, tick you off as a fan and as a player because, you know, he's, <laughs> you're not worrying about the hard ones, but the easy ones, the chip shots are the ones that wind up biting you. Uh, give give Jeff Banks credit. I love seeing starters on the, on the, on the special teams, and, and he does that. He, he tries to literally put the best 11 out there. I think the field goal, field goal kicking was better than expected. When he hit that 49-yarder, I at least you knew Texas put themselves in a position to win. And that was the whole reason Jeff Banks and those guys tried to talk Cameron Dicker into coming back. It's for that moment in that situation. And Burt Auburn proved he can do it there. You know, he's a guy they can rely on. And I think he will be able to hopefully build off that going into to next week. I want to say this, too, and, and add this as appropriate. I felt like um... – I felt like the kickoffs from Will Stone were a little deeper today as well. He's got a boot today. Saturday. He's got a boot, Bobby. When yeah. he gets accurate, he's going to be a hell of a field goal kicker. Yeah, he's got, he a, he's got, he's got a foot. He did a good job. Uh, Justin, anything that you want to add as, as Texas looks forward to this week? Uh, recruiting perspective, Jalen Hale still expected to visit A&M uh, this coming week, uh, but had apparently is having a good visit at Texas. You talked to, to him and his parents a little bit. Um, you know, anything else we need to be on the lookout for uh, at Inside Texas? You know, um, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. And we got the quarterback situation. 
there's the quarterback situation, which to me is probably on the top of the list. Uh, that that that's natural. Um, I can't wait to read Paul and, and Ian's breakdown of the defense and what they did to hinder uh, Bryce Young so much. And then we see how you know Bryce Young did what he does best in you know those last two drives. You're looking at the UTSA team that's got a quarterback, Frank Harris, who can move the chains. When he runs, when he scoots, when that play breaks down off platform, Frank Harris is deadly. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to that as well. Uh, some injury updates from Sark in Monday's press conference. We got to hold Joe Cook accountable. And so I'm going to make sure that we, we do that and make sure he gets that question asked. And then, honestly, Bobby, you know, the last week was a lot of fun, this building up to the Alabama game. And I think today was – I thought, you know, I, I love this team, and I felt like we just absolutely crushed it on all facets. And so the buildup to, to Bama was playing Bama. This next week, uh, after, you know, Jerry Hamilton and I spoke a little bit after the game, this next week we've got a ton of content coming from the recruiting side. Because, Bobby, when you do that in front of the players that you did that in front of, in front of the recruits that got to watch that on television, when you do that against the number one team in the country that's a three-touchdown favorite, um, Kids that kind of like Texas, like them a little bit more. Kids that may have been on the fence about Texas, maybe want to visit now. Kids out of state that, you know, that, that Texas has built relationships with, especially some of those cats in Florida, Jordan Halls, your Damon Wilsons, those type, Tassilia Kana, uh, you know, getting some feedback from him because he's such an important edge in this class. To me, the buildup this week, last week was Alabama. This week, we're going to have some really good recruiting stuff. Some really good stuff. And so to me, I, you know, Micah Hudson got to see him on Friday night as advertised. Bobby caught the first touchdown of the game and he caught the last touchdown of the game. The game went in overtime. He was fabulous. I'll have some stuff on Warren Roberson, the newest offer out of Red Oak. He's a safety, uh, six foot one, about 175, 180 pounds. He literally tracks and smacks. We'll have some details on him. Taylor Tatum. Texas got in the mix with him in the last few days, invited him, uh, the 2024 uh, on three top 100 running back in, in the country. He, I got some feedback from him as well. So basically just go to InsideTexas.com and do what you do, you know, the wonderful Longhorn Nation. We've got a lot of good stuff coming, and uh, we, we, we'd love to have you. I, I tell you one thing. You, you said something there that caught my attention. Um, so much of the past week was about Texas stepping up to meet the challenge of Alabama. I think this coming week, Justin, is about the challenge of Texas stepping up to who they can become on their own. Um, and what I mean by that is it's time to, the moral victory stuff is, it needs to be over, right? It's nice it's to have good. one on a team like this, but from now on, it's gotta be, it's gotta be uh, about what you can accomplish on the field and, and bring home the wins because Ultimately, that's what Steve Sarkeesian and this team is going to be judged on. And I think that uh, I think they're on the right path. Uh, after this week, they, they perform much better than I expected uh, on defense, uh, much better, uh, held it together much better than I expected on offense without Quinn Ewers. Yeah. And so uh, very impressive performance from the Longhorns on Saturday. Uh, all right, for Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Somebody wants to say goodbye real quick, if that's all right, Bobby. Oh, boy. Who is that? He just wants to. Well, it's, you know, last time we tried to get the English Bulldog, Rubble, to come up here and say hi to you, but he didn't. So we're going to say that. Come here. Uh, no, Rubble. Rubble's fine. Come here. 
We wanted this is what this is part of our on Texas football family. Tell us everybody hi. Hi. <laughs> What's your name? Alexander. Alexander. You want to give Mr. Bobby a hook him? <laughs> Thanks. So hook him to you, Alexander. Justin Wells of Inside Texas. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and for Matt Hutchison, the producer, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football.